Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Bad Batches, the only Bad Batch-focused discussion show hosted by the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me, as always, is my beloved co-host, Nikki. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I think we're both doing very well after a recent uh, week of football. You know, life, life could be much worse. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's been it's been a it's been a good ride so far. Gonna milk this train all the way to Wednesday. And Absolutely. Then the panic will set in. Absolutely. But yeah, apart from that, all good. Nothing stressful happened. Um, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you know. Can't complain. You know, we had the fourth Fourth of July yesterday, so stateside yeah, people may have had had a little little bit of a holiday. Uh, yesterday and and then I think also maybe people have today off as well because when a federal holiday lands on a weekend you get the Monday off or something like that. Um, so yeah, hopefully people had a good a good weekend and watched plenty of Bad Batch. Absolutely, a perfect time to go back and watch all of the episodes. Don't get involved in fireworks because they're useless. <laughs> Sit back. Watch some fake explosions on Disney Plus. I do um, love fireworks. I won't lie. Oh, you're a firework guy. I love fireworks. They're amazing. Ah, there you go. Then I guess it depends. I haven't seen Disney fireworks in real life, so maybe that will win me over. It's it's a problem for me when they're in residential areas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like certain spaces, I think they're good. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Matthew. Absolutely, just got to throw that in there because he knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, as you can probably tell, Claire isn't with us this week. She's taking a little break, but she'll be back next time with us to talk some more Bad Batch uh, goodness. Bad Batch. Bad Betchiness. Um, trying to think of a word with being at. Betchitude. Betchitude. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a shirt that is Betchitude. <laughs> Betchitude. Yeah, for sure. I can dig it. Right, well, let's just jump right into this week's episode, which was episode 10 of season one of The Bad Batch. And we're going to start off, as usual, if you haven't watched the show before, we go through the episode. We don't really, we, we try to stick to chronological points as much as possible, but we like, we, there's no worries if we jump around. But we sort of try and complete a point in an overall arc of um, what we're talking about, the discussion. So the first uh, discussion point is... The Imperial Occupation of Araxis. Damn. I have to say, and I say, I say this every week, and it's become an un, like ongoing gag. But my God, the animation in this show. This that's week, the thing. You know, it can't be said enough. Around. It can't be said <laughs> enough. That's the, that's the thing. It was really funny, actually, seeing a few of the people that work on the show. Like, one of my tweets this week, which... Again, I didn't intend, I didn't tag anyone. I think I just put the hashtag, the bad badge. And it was just purely, oh my God, I'm going to have to spend an hour's worth on the bad badges just talking about foliage. Because you know a show is good when you're focusing on the minute details. Like, those leaves look fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, just this is stunning, stunning work. Um on the, the technical aspects of it. Cause it's, it's just, it, it's almost like, like, how is it getting better? <laughs> I mean, like, like, how are they, how are they even within the season making things 
looking like look better. And yeah, it's it's just it's so much fun to watch because yeah, you do get stuck in on leaves, the crowds. Um it's it's just it's super cool. And like it always reminds me too of uh you know, they talk about like with Pixar, um I think in Toy Story One, you mm. only really see Andy because all the other kids are the Andy model. Yeah. And and you don't see the parents, but you see their feet <laughs> or something because they didn't make a mom. And then, <laughs> and then fast forward to Seoul where you're in Manhattan and there's just the wide variety of faces and it's and it's stunning. And it's it's very much like that where it's just like you think about how it how it started and now where it is. It's yeah, it's it's just again, it can't it can't be celebrated enough how cool it looks. Yeah, and just Rex overall looks like a fantastically beautiful planet. Mm-hmm. I think someone put a point on Twitter. I was like, if you had to choose between the two capital cities of the Separatists and the Republic, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Raxus might have this one beat. I feel like Coruscant. Maybe. You know, it depends what sort of person you are. You're a city person because Raxus is a city, but it looks more cleaner, looks less stressful. Yeah, Coruscant might be a little scummy. You know, mm. um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it yeah, it's a cool planet, and um, I think uh, the first time we saw it was the the heroes on both sides episode of the Clone Wars, yeah. which is very relevant to today's episode. <laughs> uh, very the, much so. the common ground episode. Um, so I thought I always thought that was one of the best Clone Wars episodes, and so sort of seeing like a a spiritual successor to that I think is very cool because you never know where your allies are essentially. <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, you couldn't possibly do a show about the early stages of the empire without delving into the separatists and delving into more of the, what it was like, like any real life situation, any real life um, force or negative mm. uh, occupation or somewhere. Not everyone was bad. Mm-hmm. Or not everyone was doing things for certain reasons. It's more complicated than that. And I feel yeah. like it's really interesting seeing some of these planets. And I hope we do see more of it uh, explored throughout this. Like this, We see a lot. In fact, actually, I'm surprised at how much Disney is exploring this element in the recent yeah. stuff. I remember when Rogue One came out, and there, I think it was in the novelization or something like that, where they talk about how um, Cassian was a separatist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it would be really cool to see that explored one day, but I very much doubt it. But now we've got the Cassian show coming yeah. out with that, that artwork. Yeah. Sort of the, the battle droids in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And now this, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I think it was in the yeah. um, the Rogue One, uh, the things Pablo writes, the, the visual guide. Oh, the visual guide. Yeah, yeah, I think they it pretty like plain and simple is like Cassian was throwing rocks at clone troopers yeah. <laughs> stuff like that uh yeah so yeah it's super cool and um I think what sort of I remember or you know because of course what you do you watch the episode and then of course it's it's time to see what everybody's saying about it oh, <laughs> and um and I think I saw a lot of like nothing really happened in this episode and I was like, well, what are, like, I can't believe I have to explain this. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> this story 
is literally the building blocks of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you have these these people in the galaxy where it's like you know, rogue republic people, you know, separatists who are like, I didn't sign up for this. I definitely didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. um, and you have you have these like high value target people, and you know, they escape the empire to to fight another day, as as mm-hmm. Echo says. And so I thought it was I thought it was really cool to again give the Bad Batch this little slice of the galaxy where they're an extraction team for somebody who could go on to maybe fund freedom fighters to, to maybe plan a, a cell. Like we don't know exactly what this guy's going to do. Maybe nothing, who knows, but like it's stories like this that like built the rebel Alliance. So this whole, like, you know, oh, it's pretty pretty low stakes episode. You know, they they didn't really do much. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is literally, we're literally building um, the fight against the Empire right now, even if the Bad Batch doesn't know it. Yeah, it's no different to the seeing Saul Guerrero in episode one. Mm-hmm. It he's a key member. We know his role. The reason why that wasn't didn't get the same backlash or like comment was because we'd seen his his actual role in versus the empire mm-hmm. we're not aware of the story of the character uh center a uh, is it avi avi singh right it was something like that yeah uh, I'd have um, to, look it up to be sure played by alexander Siddiq, who is phenomenal such an awesome cam- like cameo character actor to to have um nerd nerds will know him from various things <laughs> <laughs> From uh, series four and five of the ITV show Primeval, I'm sure. There you go. Um, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm jesting. He's in that, but it's obviously Star Trek. Um, and Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones, you're right, yeah. of course. He's in loads of stuff. He's yep. in absolutely everything. Great actor. But like you mentioned, I feel like you, he's one of those characters and actors combinations that I feel like you can bring him back. You should bring him back in the future. Mm. Yeah. Not to say that they will. Obviously, we've got the same with uh, Senator Travis in Rebels. We didn't really get to see him again. Although, then again, we might see him in this show, dude. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't. I don't think we know like how he started, right? Like, was he no. always shitty? Did he become shitty? Like, we don't actually know. Um, inf- I think it, they infer that he started with good intentions, and uh, then he got caught and was like so cowardly that he would like he just went along with it yeah 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 i think um yeah but that'd be really cool any any sort of link like that and we know they're not afraid to link things <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean you you sent me that thing somebody <laughs> deciphered about the two cantina characters yeah so which blew my mind <laughs> yeah, so jacqueline on twitter um really amazing you should follow them put a really really great <laughs> really great point which was the two dudes that hang out in the cantina the iphorian and the the wk dude are most likely they're the same costume designs and everything mm-hmm. the same people that trace i think rescued in the clone wars arc yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous from, from obadiah the uh the the two <laughs> just hanging in a cell and now they're drinking at sid's bar <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> so yeah you know they they're not afraid to 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 take the the links and i think i think i'd be pretty or i wouldn't i'm not gonna bet on it but i would not be like at all shocked 
if if Avi Singh like pops up again. Yeah, like of course we shouldn't be like it, you have to balance it out because obviously people like Alexander Siddig are very good at voice acting and they've done loads of stuff like this before. Um, I think getting Sean Clifford to play the droid, mm-hmm. the droid uh, GS8, which I believe is a nod to the writer, which is her. Oh, okay, name. yeah. Um, I feel like getting people like that, th- there's a reason for it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's returning characters. And I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they're all combined in this little thing that Rex is doing, maybe potentially. But yeah, I, I, I love these elements. I love these stories that are building at the rebellion. I don't understand at all. I mean, even just in the terms of if you didn't view this as a wider picture story, it was a fun extraction mission, which had explosions, had fun commentary, uh, beautiful design to the set. Uh, it had really, really cool clone on clone action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I really liked the B story. I thought the B story was really solid. One of one of the best, like Absolutely. just just from a from a character, like, um, and it, yeah, like that was that was pretty low stakes, but just phenomenal um, at at just making these two people who, I mean, it's it's what you love, like when when two people are like <laughs> kind of at odds, and then something brings them together, and they're like fucking best friends. And, uh, <laughs> Jennifer Corbin, man, when she when the episode like came out and she tweeted the the gif of Zach Galifianakis and, and yeah, Bradley Cooper coming down in the Hangover, that was the, like just the funniest shit. Um, and they, if they if they ran some little operation to scam people out of Dejaric, that'd be that'd be amazing. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, great great B plot. Absolutely. Um... So yeah, I, uh, before we move on to the next point, I, I feel like we should bring up Captain Bragg, played by the magnificent Shelby Young. Mm-hmm. Um, really great Imperial character. Yeah. Um, I love seeing more of these, obviously these people that have been in charge of the Republic Army for some time are just straight up dicks. And coming in, the the foe... You know, we see it a lot in the we saw it a lot in the Clone Wars with the Separatist leadership with Count Dooku, and when they've clearly got the the monarchs or the, the political points of those planets subjugated, and they're making them just say whatever they want because they're yeah. the coup. And I love those little elements. I love the the bullshit scripts that she's just like spouting off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really cool the empire. Exactly, there's a really cool political aspect to it, and I think that's why this opening felt really unique um, for the show because I, I think it's like the first time they've opened on someone who's not like a batch member, mm. um, whether that's Crosshair, whether that's the team. Um, I think this is like the first time where it's like, this was very like, uh, it reminded me of like Mandalorian when um, it started with the, the village under attack and sort of yeah. set the scene. First, yes. and then, and then we got to come in with the with the characters we know. But yeah, I thought it was it was really cool, really good political aspect to it. And the thing, another thing with Bragg, like she seemed young. Um, yes. So it's almost like this this thing of like have they have they even replaced the like a lot of the old guard 
like officers with these sort of people ready to to sort of jump in for power. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that was the really cool aspect. And then and then just the you know the subtext of of what Avi Singh's position is where <laughs> I think it's GSH he's like or maybe it was Bragg, I can't remember where she's like, oh yeah, we'll just like you'll get locked up with your predecessors if you don't like say say the line. And mm -hmm. you know, that alone just, you know, makes you think about how many people have been in this position, stood up to it, and how that informs what he's about to do. And I thought it was it was a really like nice moment for this character we just met to to be like like I can't do this. Like he was, he was he went up there, he was gonna do it, he's gonna say, you know, yay Empire. And and he didn't because he has a conscience. And it was it was I guess just you know another another nice moment of resistance, which is I guess sort of a way to describe Star Wars. <laughs> a lot yeah. of nice moments of resistance <laughs> sort of linked together. <laughs> um, so yeah, I it was it was a great opening to the episode. And it just really, uh, I love how they reiterate the threat of the Empire in these different pockets of the galaxy. On Coruscant, obviously, it's a overnight Imperials are there. In fact, we saw the Imperialization of Coruscant during the Clone Wars when it comes to like the big military base that in the canon we know is um, built by Krennic and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I like about the Separatist stuff and all these other elements on different planets and uh, places that fought against the separatists, but not necessarily all oh, were the separatists, weren't necessarily you know <laughs> guying gunning for like republic control. Yeah, it's how they like approach it. Captain Bragg isn't. This isn't at any point. This isn't a we're not in control situation. This is we're absolutely in control, and you can you can pretend whatever way you want how we're going to do this. At first, they're like look. We're the Empire. We're going to give you great stuff, new jobs, opportunities, blah, 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 blah. You can go along with it. They're not going along with it, obviously. They're separatists. They're not happy about that. They want to have their own freedoms. As soon as um, Singh speaks out, it's just bringing the force. And it's such a really great way of visually showing the power the Empire have. It is just purely bringing the tanks in. Only about, what, like three of them? Having those troopers on board. And you see how threatening these people are. Mm -hmm. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I think my internet <laughs> cut out for a second. So I think I, I missed a chunk of what you were saying, but I caught the tanks. Um, yes. Just back that up a little bit. What was the full point? Yes. Yeah, so the point was uh, <laughs> like, there's at no point did the empire had not have control. They're just, they're just telling the people which way they want to perceive it. So you can just accept the fact that we're in control now We've got all this nice stuff for you. We've got nice jobs, blah, 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 blah. They're not going to accept it because they want freedom anyway. Yeah. So they're like, look, we're just, this isn't a discussion. This isn't a debate. We're going to yeah. show you the power we have visually right. through the tanks, through the troopers. And it is literally awesome to see the power that they wield. And yeah, scary, like, very scary. Yeah. Like they're here. Like there's no, yeah, there's no debate to be had, um, which, which I think again is, is part of, what's so great about the moment of bravery from from senator singh yes um because like he like he knows he knows what's gonna happen um so so yeah no it was a, it was a great very like sobering 
beginning to the episode because it's it's what we were excited about with this show where it's like this transition from you know freedom to um to tyranny and and i think yeah it's it's always super cool i i love separatist stories i think i think there's a lot of good potential for them um and because I because I think it's something not as explored in the movies, but it is dropped in there just yeah. enough where it's like these aren't just mustache twirling villains. Like the the motivations for these what I don't know how many thousands of systems, um, like they are not all sinister. Like no. there there is a system where like there's a like the republic is flawed, and there's a there's a reality where things are not working for, for people. And, and that's why they've, they've sort of um, been in this movement. It's a movement that's been co-opted by evil and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's, it's super cool to, to see the sides of the separatists that are not your, your maniacal, you know, droid killing or not, Killer droids, not not droid yeah. killing. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's not General Grievous, right? It's not Dooku or Ventress or anyone. Like these are these are just people who were like trying to figure out a better way to represent themselves. Um, yeah, like the Lux Venteri of it all. Exactly. So so I think that's that's super cool to um, to explore more. I always I remember in Rebels, I always wanted to see. Um, do you remember the the general from the Clone Wars movie, who like the Scottish guy at the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like, like General Loathsome or something. Like yeah, yeah. I always saw him as not like an evil person. Like he was yeah, just no. he was like he was just fighting on that side. Um, I never got the impression he was like. You know, not like the guy who was incinerating the the villages with his can like incinerator cannon. So I I always would have loved like a story in Rebels of them like you know, doing something like this where they they bring on this we even thought like I was hoping even with Kalani we might have gotten it. But mm. um this idea of like a separatist general helping the rebellion. Um so but that's what I'm hoping is that because the thing about Kalani, which I really enjoy, is that he to be fair to him, as a droid, he was purely focusing on the odds at hand. Yeah. I would be very interested if, in the comics or like another project, we get to see if he got involved in the rebellion post A New Hope, because I feel like blowing up the Death Star probably moved their odds. Yeah, to, you know, like significantly more in the favor of the rebellion. So it would be really interesting to be like, okay, fuck it, I'll join, I'll join you guys. Yeah. Yep, it's um, never never a bad thing to have a super tactical droid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's super it's super cool to to get more, um, sort of like a more diverse view of of what the separatists were. Absolutely. Speaking of that sort of point, we've got protective hunter and an enemy of my enemy. There's not really much to dive into with protective hunter until we get to the end of the episode, but I thought it was interesting that obviously what's ha happened to Omega recently has forced him to become a bit more protective of Omega and, you know, that can cause uh, divisions, especially when the team, I was interested, I was, I was surprised about how 
sort of willing everyone else was. And the way that they sort of do treat her. They do treat her like a child, obviously, sometimes. But the Bad Batch pretty much were like, no, she's one of the team. Like, she's coming with us, I guess. Mm. And it's only Hunter that's kind of like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's the one most um, defaulting to dad mode, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like I think we kind of <laughs> joked before, but like Echo's not great with kids. Or not Echo. Uh, Tech's not great with kids. <laughs> uh, Wrecker <laughs> is a kid. <laughs> and, yeah, then, yeah. and then Echo is is you know he's distracted <laughs> he misses rex <laughs> uh, he's just drawing yeah. his doodle book yeah <laughs> so yeah no it's it's it was really interesting how you know hunter was gonna call the shots on that and obviously yeah we see him basic and i like the way he uses the the structure of the whole military of it all to try and keep it grounded it's like no this is an order <laughs> you have to stay here if you don't agree with me, you're breaking order. She goes along with it. Um, I really, I really did love that little subplot, and we'll get onto that bit in a minute. Mm. But I want to focus on the whole enemy of my enemies, my friends. Like we talked about, the separatists being allies now, and it's it was interesting to see this. You know, the turning the tables, especially for these characters, but in particular, Echo. Yeah, but this is a point that really intrigued me. Because I saw a lot of people commenting that this episode didn't really focus on Echo or didn't didn't feel right in terms of his characterization. But I feel like it it felt perfect for the character. Mm. I think that like you mentioned before, the difference is that the separatists weren't all evil people. They were a collective group of planets that were dissatisfied with the Galactic Republic, who was, you know, you know, it was a, it wasn't the best institution. It was corrupt, um, and it they just happened to have to sign up with. It's like yeah, like you're defending your home planet, right? That's the key point. You just happen to be on the same side as BP and Coca Cola, like, <laughs> <laughs> these big corporations that for some reason want to get involved as well. They're like, yeah. this. Um, I'm sure that a lot of these planets didn't really care about trade federation oh yeah i mean there's too many right and and like that's that's the story that's why they are bad that's well like that's why the trade federation is bad because they took a situation and co-opted it and manipulated Mm -hmm. it and and like that's like that's the that's where the evil is rooted um and that's why they're the leadership exactly (laughs) because they have the money the means and the yeah yeah and I feel like, yeah, like Echo's issue, major issue is with them as opposed to, uh, or even, I know some people are saying, oh yeah, but what about uh, the explosion? Do you have PTSD and stuff? I'm like, probably, that's the point. He has, he's reticent about this mission because he doesn't trust the Separatists. Mm-hmm. But, one, the whole point of the episode is that he opens his eyes <laughs> and sees yeah. what's happening. And, and like, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry, and two, and the fact was the people that experimented with them were um, the Techno Union mm. as opposed to the Separatists at large. Uh, I think even some of the Separatists didn't even know the full extent of what they were doing to him. So, to me, it didn't really ring, that didn't really, that criticism didn't really ring true to me. I think that I think Echo did a, 
the way they did echo this episode was really good i felt like he sees the points of view he's he's reticent still to get involved and it's not until he understands the situation and he also recognizes the fact that he his own probably his own previous state of mind would have considered himself a terrorist or a deserter or you know yeah and like there's and then you have the the practicality of a of a 22 minute Yes. episode and it's like yeah you can't spend like mo- so long like deciphering his whole transition from skepticism to to accepting but like it's there and that's for you to fill in the line fill in the uh the blanks with um because yeah i thought i thought it was perfect characterization for echo um because he's not like the batch not yet and um he like he's rightfully skeptical uh, to be helping separatists because that's like what has his whole life been, and I think the bad batch is more like the or the regular batchers were more on board with just doing it because because yeah. they're a black ops team like they've probably done some weird shit before, <laughs> um, and so like weird gray lines uh, or like shades of gray assignments like. That's their like entire mission statement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the fact that Echo was not sure how to feel about it at the beginning was totally appropriate for him. And then, and then, yeah, then the the arc is is realizing that they have the same enemy now, and you know we're not that different. You don't. You're not this evil you know, a person who fights for the the same ideals of the people who, you know, abused him and used his body for um, all that. And also, you know, Echo's not part of the batch, but he was an ARC trooper, and ARC troopers are known to be adaptive and, mm-hmm. you know, fast, fast critical thinking on the field. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, that's, it all works out. I don't, I, I also don't, wouldn't understand that, uh, criticism of echo and i think for me the core emotional crux of the episode is the ending with mm-hmm. sing and it, and it really hit like it really hits every time i watch it because it's a really great moment and you can see it through echo's eyes as well or they risked to get him out and he would have willingly go back he would have willingly gone back to try and save his people mm-hmm. he straight up says he goes what am i doing i can't do this i have to go back and save them and it's that moment Echo realizes, yeah, that is what he, that is what he cares about the most is the safety of his citizens, and that mm. is why he probably got involved with the Clone Wars. That's why all of this, and he straight up, you know, you're doing the right thing. That's what Echo would great do. Good. It's what he would do, yeah. absolutely, and it's what so, Rex would do. Yeah. So yeah, one. I mean, you. I think that's what's so important. Um, again, like going back to heroes on both sides. Like it's so important when you have these. Um, I guess uh, situations of opposite sides, like you have to understand motivations um, mm. to to fully know what you're dealing with. And I think when Echo sees a more honest motivation from from a separatist, he realizes these two guys, you know, him, me and this guy, not that different at this point in time. Absolutely. Well, why don't we dive into the B-plot of this episode, which was Omega, <laughs> please, <laughs> strategist. 
Oh, man. She was just, again, super funny in this episode. Um, and I always, I always bring this up too, but it's like, they just know how to animate this kid. Like really the do. little, the little mannerisms, whether it's just eating the mantel mix or, <laughs> or I like, I loved the scrubbing the bar. Yes. I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that was just an amazing, like they, they just know how to animate this child so well to where, yes, she's got this super mind, super strategy mind that we know about now. We know she's very, um, I guess, like empathetic, inquisitive, and, you know, mature in, in some ways. But uh, seeing her act like a kid, I think, is also very important. Yeah, and I feel like that's always there in the, not only just the animation, but Michelle Ong's um, voice acting. I thought yeah. the intonations are always so, so spot on. Why do you care? Like you know, like it's yeah. just so really good. What was um? I can't remember exactly the words that Sid uses, but when Omega's like, "I'm not helpless," <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like, like it was just so funny because it's like, and it's it's like you can understand why she feels that way. Like she's been through a lot, mm-hmm. and she's got out of it. And um, I mean, like, yeah, she got away from Cad Bane and Fennec Shand, right? Like this kid's <laughs> got moves, so. It, it's probably like really like annoying and you are going to be your little, a little pouty kid when, when somebody who doesn't know what you've been through, you know, tells you what you are or what you aren't. And so I thought, I thought that was a really, there were just like a lot of really sweet moments between Sid and Omega. Um, and, and, I think, and then of course. Oh yeah. Sorry. I think, I think what's important is that the casting of Rhea Perlman as Sid I, I like I loved her beforehand anyway, mm-hmm. but I feel like in particularly in this episode, you, you realize how important casting someone like that is because she really has that gravitas and that weight to the character. The voice has so much weight behind it that you can feel the intelligence, you can feel the history that Sid has behind it. So when they're bickering, it's really more intriguing and more interesting. Yeah. Um, and there's a really great comedic moment where I think. Sid says something to Omega and upsets her. And then the two dudes at the bar are like, that's, <laughs> that's too far. And she's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's genius casting because it's like, it's things you saw. If you know Rhea Perlman from Cheers, like mm. that's very Carla to, to say the thing that she shouldn't have said. <laughs> and then she kind of might feel guilty about it. <laughs> and, then, and then there's, then there is a, a sweet moment where you know what her like heart is, but she also won't go that far either, like out loud. Yeah. Um, and that's very Sid. It's it's why it's why it's it's a slam dunk casting. Very good. And obviously we find out that Omega is very good at strategizing. She's very good at working out games. Like you said, it's the it's very much the Zach Galavanakis in the hangover. Um, <laughs> she read and... a book on card counting <laughs> <laughs> on the way to Ord Mental. <laughs> And she she manages to win back the entire bounty for a bad patch or the or the or the debt, the debt. at least that's owed to Which, Sid. Let's not forget is mostly Omega's fault. Mm, yeah, because <laughs> she her and Wrecker have just been munching on that, <laughs> munching on that mix off of Sid's tab. So yeah, it was it was good that Omega um, in particular sort of squared that debt as well. Very funny. And do you, do you think that? this means we'll be moving on from more Mantel, or do you think we're going to be just 
the Bad Batch have sort of made a home there now. Um, I think I think that's the case, but surely something's gonna push them out. Mm. Um, I I don't. Yeah, like I would I would hope that they don't ruin their a relationship with Sid. And like it's not like a it's not a, a scenario where like they're forced out because of that. But I think there's there's gonna be something that they're sort of forced to answer to, or maybe they have to maybe they leave to protect Sid because they know all these people are coming after them. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um it'd be a shame if they left <laughs> for good because it's such a, yeah. it's just such a great environment. Um, it's all, you always get good, uh, good comedy, good world building out of, out of Sid's little watering hole in Ord Mantel. But, um, but yeah, it it was just, it was just really great. I love the, uh, um, Omega is the, the brilliant game child. (laughs) I know like a lot of people are talking about Queen's Gambit. (laughs) Yes. Um, and yeah, it was just funny. It's funny seeing I like just picturing Omega lying awake at night in Camino and looking at the ceiling and the little <laughs> the little uh Dejaric pieces are moving around. <laughs> She's just seeing all these like different ways. Uh, I I thought that was great. And and I think or I, I hope um it means she might even take a more active role in, in planning missions. Um because I th- like it, w- it was a really sweet moment at the end where Hunter's like, okay, how about you? How about you? You show me what the- you've got here. And then they play together. Um, I thought that was really nice. But I also wonder if it was like an audition almost. <laughs> like yeah. Hunter's like, well, let's, let's see. Let's see what, what, what you can do in these, in these situations. Because we've seen Omega improvise a lot, but she's still never been like part of the the planning of an operation, right? Like, I don't think like yeah. even like the Moochie one, they're like, Omega, you do this, you do this, you stay here. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting to see how they might um, give her even more to do. And when, you know, I guess the idea is she'll never be left behind again. And yeah, before we wrap up this point, I, I want to say as well, the, uh, I do like the fact that this obviously the time has been passing through these episodes and got it's probably been like months with Omega on board and stuff. But one of the things I really loved was that when they're when they go off on the mission and Hunt is like, Omega, I need you to do this. Or like he says, Tech, you go over Omega. <laughs> and Tech's like, mm-hmm. uh, I can't do that actually. <laughs> she's up here. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. And it just there, proves, yeah. Yeah, she's she's part of the family and it it also reminded me of um, when Anakin didn't want Ahsoka to go on the the Citadel mission, mm-hmm. and and then you know of course she we know what she does, but um, it's it's one of those things where it's like you you eventually do need to like instill that trust, you know, like yeah. you you can try to protect someone, <laughs> you know, forever <laughs> keep them away from the bad stuff, but eventually like it comes to the point where you know, like you have to believe the way you've prepared them, yeah, is good enough for them to to stand uh, on their own. And I think that's something Hunter had to learn a little bit throughout this episode. And I think uh, Omega is obviously very different from Ahsoka <laughs> in <laughs> in regards of uh, capability and in certain things. But um, but yeah, I think it is a very similar lesson in that regard. 
And speaking of trust, our final point for this week's episode is trust. Um, I thought, yeah, like if this episode had its own Clone Wars opening uh, sort of, you know, card of sorts, it would be all about trust. And the episode was really good at this, you know, delving into trust between Hunter and Omega, between Echo and the Separatists, between the Separatists and just, you know, these clones. But there's no point at least, I don't know if you can tell they're clones or not, but there's definitely no point that either GSA or uh, the senator goes, oh, look, these are clones. Should we trust them? It's just, we're in danger. I trust you 100%. So I really did enjoy that. Do you think anything else to add on to the, the idea of trust in this week's episode? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it sort of permeates every every level, like every storyline, because... You know, um, it's it's trust about Echo and and Sing, as we've talked about. It's it's trust in your team. You know, it's trust in uh, even Sid. Sid <laughs> learns to trust Omega in making her money, right? Like it's mm-hmm. uh, there's just there's a lot of. I mean, because it starts with Omega watching Sid, right, yeah. and being like, "You should do that," and she's like, "Okay, kiddo," like. <laughs> go back to your mac and cheese um and and you know it it sort of becomes this this thing of like once you know what someone's capable of you can you know open up to them and trust them a little more and and then hunter and omega and um yeah i think i think it was a it was a really big theme for for what happened in this episode so yeah just it's i'm curious to see how they all um like it's just sort of the whole like where do we go from here? Like how how do how do all these points of newfound trust um, manifest? And I think um, like does it mean the batch could be more receptive to more ex- like extraction missions of separatists? Like that that's something that's really exciting to me when I think about this story in particular and and this sort of idea of people needing help and people like the batch being there for them and and these people being like anti-imperial <laughs> right yeah 100 percent. yeah uh, yeah and great point uh moment of trust in your beliefs for the separatist center yeah like not um not willing to throw away what you feel like mm. you should do <laughs> don't throw away your planet with the bathwater basically yeah um power of uh con- your own convictions um and yeah like i think it was it's it's cool to to think about how many, even if it's not the batch, how many of these instances are happening where maybe like, you know, freelance military people or paramilitary people are are pulling um, these sort of high value targets away from the empire's grasp. I think, I think that's just a really cool um, story and how many of those are happening across the galaxy. So and so, you yeah. see, and you see in history all the time that all these leaders that escape wait for the right opportunity of rebellion or revolution, and they strike. They come back. Yeah, I mean, hell, you can you can criticize this guy till the cows come home, but Charles de Gaulle, like one of the <laughs> one of like the great examples of you know a guy who got like pulled out and then managed the the French or I guess again this is part of the critique but I'll I'll say managed the French <laughs> resistance uh from afar um 
but yeah, I think you know it's it's very rooted in those kind of stories. And actually, now that I, now that I brought that up, I also I think it's just sort of another point of the technical side. Um, I love how Joel Aaron talked a lot about the film Kelly's Heroes um, yeah. being a a influence on the cinematography for this episode. I thought that was just that was just really fun. Um, I love when when Star Wars pays homage to to films, which it does a lot. So. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a really cool thing and just a very fun, specific um, uh, example of something to to emulate and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, before we wrap up as well, I feel like it, there was a lot of weight and realism to the tanks in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think in early seasons of the Clone Wars, it was easy just to like blow up the tanks and be like, look at video game. But in this one, they felt really realistic. Like the the one hit knocks it out, and you you can get it back up a little bit, go a little bit further, take over another one. Like it felt a bit more realistic, a bit like with um, Rebels when you hear the straining sounds, the sound effects of the ATT. Mm-hmm. I really love those moments. I feel like adds just a bit more realism to the whole the whole episode. Yeah. Well, let's give our overall thoughts and scores, and of course, we can't possibly even entertain that concept without having our good friend Amiga and Lula uh, to join us. <laughs> she's asking, she's begging for answers <laughs> of how many Lulas to give this episode. <laughs> well, Nikki, I don't want you to, I don't want Omega to worry any further. How many Lulas would you give this episode and why? What was your rating? Yeah. Um, I guess you guys know. <laughs> you guys know what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for a good time. And when an episode delivers a good time, I got nothing. Like that is a, that's a ten out of ten. Ten out of ten Lula's coming in for for common ground because it's like I, yeah, like I I walk out of something having enjoyed it, having thought about it, um, deepening meanings. Uh, I think if it if it accomplishes all that. In twenty something minutes of a little Star Wars cartoon we get to watch once a week, what's there to complain about? So it's <laughs> it's fucking ten out of ten. Um, I think just sort of very similar to the um, the Rafa and Trace episode, just a really well blocked out action sequence um, yeah. from from top to bottom, and it, it was perfect Star Wars action. There was there was humor to it. There were droids <laughs> like <laughs> getting in the way. Uh, GS eight was was a blast. Um, she had she had a lot of fun uh, color to the to the just punctuating the action sequences. We got to see a, a Doctor Ball interrogation <laughs> droid, which I don't I don't know if the uh, the uh, Republic had those, but considering that she can just pull it out. It makes you wonder if if they had them the whole time, which is kind of creepy. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was it was just really cool. Again, just a great action sequence. It had everything you love. Um, a, a love letter to the ATTEs. You know, yeah, like you said, we got to see them. Um, you know, in a little bit more, right, sort of a little bit more of what they're capable of, how many hits yeah. they can take, what they can't take. Um, and yeah, just I, I loved every every minute of of the action, even just 
simple things like like when it gets hit for the first time like we got to stop and fix it and then hunter's yeah. like record i got this <laughs> and then they just go out <laughs> and like own everybody i also thought it was interesting that they were stunning um, yes that was a that was interesting actually yeah they, they didn't really do that in the that. past no <laughs> so low casualty <laughs> mission too which is which is kind of fun for the batch uh not not their usual thing um so so yeah i think that was a cool uh as a lot like just a great piece of that the omega stuff was hilarious um just a great way to to color those characters um and i i love the even the pantoran guy who you could tell was like they they narrowed it down this guy was like probably the best on ord mantel and and uh, omega just takes him out no problem. So yeah, I, I love all that. I love all the themes we talked about, the trust, what that trust might manifest in the future. Avi Singh, GS8, great couple of characters. Raxus was beautiful. 10 out of 10, baby. Yeah, I feel like I'm inclined to agree with you again. Um, I was thinking about giving it a 9.5, and I was just like, there's nothing that really want, there's nothing that really is telling me I should degrade that 0 0.5 mark because the episode was gorgeous. Again, I could spend an hour talking about the leaves and the, the foliage. Um, I thought the moral argument was really interesting. I thought the way that they have delved into that separatist arc was really great. Um, I really loved the characters. The comedic points were on, like, the spot on, and they weren't just thrown out there for no reason. Like the vase bit was great. The idea of like, oh, don't smash the vase, and then. It being a key part of importance later on. Yeah, great, really great good writing. payoff. Really good payoff on that. Um, so yeah, I have to. I'm inclined to agree with you. Ten out of ten. I don't think anything knocks that down for me at all. I've, I really enjoyed the episode. I feel like this is another great banger of an episode. And again, it, I, what I love about this show is that it leaves us not really knowing what's going to come next. Mm -hmm. But Which, still satisfied, right? No, like, exactly. Yeah. It, it's like it. It's not. It's not like shortchanging. Um, I like it's. It's just a really well put together first ten episodes, and and by that the way that's tracked, can only assume the rest of the season. Um, because yeah, it's it's one of those. It's just been really. I found it really enjoyable watching this. Because um, like yeah, every episode is is really well packaged and then even when even the ones that are like the to be continued like those those felt very even just themselves like i got a i got a good meal you know <laughs> this friday um yeah. so yeah it's it's just it's been a blast i i'm i'm really pumped to see see what happens and how all these pieces come together and um it's gonna be it's gonna be wild i can't believe we're like what six episodes left i know it's like crazy that. it's gone so fast yeah Oh, good times, good times. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. Where can people find you online, Nikki? Yep, as you can see on the little nope there tile thing, um, that is my Twitter handle at Nikwishis. Uh You can watch me say whatever obnoxious thing I have coming out of my head <laughs> at any given moment there. Um, you can also follow the uh, One and Done Film Club, which is a podcast, uh, I guess a movie watch along commentary podcast um, that you can find on 
Apple, Spotify, blah, 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 whatever the other ones are. If anyone uses other ones, they're probably there. Um, and yeah, you can follow that at uh, one N, oh, at one, the letter N, done show. Um, we just finished our season one, which uh, the last episode was Star Wars prequels. So if you guys are watching this, you'll probably enjoy the movie we watch <laughs> um, and uh, have a good time watching it with us. Uh, and then we got some fun stuff. Probably going to drop the season two trailer fairly soon. So that was that's that's super fun. And um, and then also, if you uh, join the Imperial Senate Patreon, you can catch the Sacred Jedi Bricks, which is another watch along series that um, my friend Reed and I do, who's also on One and Done Film Club. Um, uh, we where we watch the Lego Star Wars stuff. So. We just finished Freemaker season one. We're going to be doing Freemaker season two, and then all the other little specials. Um, so yeah, plenty, of, plenty of cool stuff. Uh, if you want to catch some some projects, I'm on. Perfect. Well, you can if you want to find me, Charlie Ashby. <laughs> you can find my other oh, has this. Okay, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at c m w a h b y. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Charlie M W Ashby. Uh, you can find my Patreon and Kofi. The links on my Twitter feed and my little link tree. Uh, I've just updated my Patreon and I've updated my Kofi. So if you want to have any commissions for me, you want to do some Photoshop work, or you need some Photoshop work being done, I'm the guy. And yeah, I also have the Charlie Ashby Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and every good podcasting place where podcasts are found. That's where Batman Returns is available, Pondivision, and other cool shows. So yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. And don't forget to follow Claire on Twitter at C underscore strip. No, C strips. C strips. So at C strips. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on Instagram too. Um, yeah. So don't forget, we'll be back all as a as a trio next week where we'll be talking about episode eleven. But until then, may the force be with you. See ya. Peace, everyone.